Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Grace Story Podcast. Thank you for joining us on an episode where we have David Jones, Dr. David Jones, from Liberty University. I'll be uh, telling you a little bit about him in a bit. But before we jump to that, I want to make sure that you know about men's conference coming up. It's a little less than a year away. Uh, Gray Story Men's Conference, it's our inaugural conference. Uh, and, and, and it's a conference where we're going to be empowering men to become the guardians of their family's legacy. We also want men to be brave in the fight for integrity and, most of all, confident in their individual stories through God's redemptive grace. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that, uh, and if you're interested in that, make sure you go over to GraceStoryMinistries.com. Uh, you can click on the tab that has uh, signing up for men's conference, all sorts of information about our speakers. We have Ryan Waters there, our, our own content strategy director, Kathy Sprinkle. Uh, you may know the name Jared Lopes from Dad Tired, uh, a best-selling Christian author and podcaster. He'll be there. Dr. John Trent of Strong Families. You may know some of his work from Focus on the Family. Uh, Dr. Tim Barber from uh, Counseling Alliance in Cincinnati will be there sharing uh, uh, from an instructor point of view. Tim Keep from Shepherd's Global Classroom uh, will be there as well. Right now, uh, you can save 40% by using the code LEGACY. 40, and that is good until uh, June 19th. That's Father's Day of this year, 2022. Uh, that's a conference you won't want to miss. So go ahead and know, uh, head on over to GraceStoryMinistries.com and check that out. Now, our guest today, uh, I'm really excited about him. He, he's going to be sharing uh, something that he has a book releasing this coming year. He's introducing an entirely new model called the Be Well model. It's from a biblical worldview where he says he unites the secular and the sacred. Uh, it's something you're not going to want to miss. Let me tell you a little bit about him before we get started. Dr. Jones is a professor at Liberty University. He teaches in the Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program. As a professional counselor, he has worked with individuals, couples, families across the lifespan and in a variety of settings, including K-12, through private practice, the hospital setting, community agencies, and the local church. Uh, we couldn't be more excited to have him in. Uh, now, he gave me permission to move from Dr. Jones to uh, DJ. So DJ, welcome to Grace Story Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Nate, for having me on here. I'm excited to uh, just be here and um, offer what I've got here, what God's put on my heart. And I hope that as your mission you talked about, it connects well to that and brings healing across this place. Well, I think it will. And, you know, you always, uh, we have a lot of questions surrounding it, but one thing I wanted to to kind of start with for you is maybe finding out what really sparks your excitement about the field of counseling and, and how you actually arrived in the field of counseling yourself. Sure. Um, let's see here. How I, it's, that's a long story, but I'll try to give a, give us, give a synopsis of it here. Um, so I didn't grow up as a Christian. Neither my mom and dad were. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was nine, but before then, my dad was pretty abusive, uh, not physically, but emotionally, intellectually, negligent, you know, neglectful father. So that kind of set this foundation for this aspect of, of uh, I guess you want to call it brokenness. Um, but I continued on through life and uh, not knowing Christ and 
it wasn't until I finished my college degree in environmental resources, I didn't even know who I was. I was just trying to pick something. And But when I got out of that and tried to find jobs, got into a young adulthood, things just started slipping away. Uh, friendships moved, girlfriends broke up, you know, get a job that you just really disliked that. Uh, so it's like God was just like, I didn't know it, but there's all these contextual factors coming into play that where, you know, I went, I went and bought a book. I love books. So I went to the local bookstore and got the man in the mirror. It's an older book. And, um, I looked at the self-help section and it says, Hey, this is what you need for you. If you're a man, well, I need that. So, but I didn't even get past like the second or third page. It says, if you don't know Christ and I was working construction in a trailer and, um, I read that passage for some reason, the Holy Spirit just zapped me and I fell to my knees, uh, accepted Christ. And um, that was like the impetus for all this because I'd already gotten my, my bachelor's and a master's in public health. I wasn't going to change careers. I came to Christ and the Holy Spirit just kept working on me and working on me. And like, hey, I was the, I was devouring theological books on my own and just reading whatever I could to learn and at some point, the Holy Spirit says, you need to go to seminary. I didn't even know what seminary was. That's how ignorant I was. I was like, oh, you just go to be a pastor. And that's all you do. So I had to look it up. I visited places like, oh, this is more than I thought it would ever be. This is There's a lot of options here. So I ended up doing my own counseling for a year and all that stuff, which led me then to like <clears throat> every time, every counseling, it was like, hey, um, counselor, 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 counselor it kept coming up, and I was really angry. I was like, "But this is a ministry." You know, so, so they just showed more of my ignorance at the time. But that's how it came into that. So my brokenness from my family, along with my own brokenness and God working through, kind of like Ruth, where you you don't really know that He's working, but He continues to work, and then brings this outcome where I came to Christ, which then led into counseling. And you mentioned Tim Barber on the men's. He was one of my mentors who pushed pushed me to go to. Uh, get my doctorate you know i was a guy who barely graduated high school so i was like oh what's this i'm not <laughs> me go there no way so it's just like god just working through the whole the whole thing so it's really beautiful when i can reflect back on it because you know many times you don't know god's working at the time but when you look back you're like oh he was there 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 and there so well, it sounds like you know a lot of of the instructors that we have at at Gray Story, um, and and uh, w- well, with that, you know, there's an established group, uh, an established um, uh, kind of therapy that people use in in different sessions, and now you're introducing this Be Well model, which is a, a new model, um, the the a concept you came up with. What is the the need that you saw? for this model and and what need does it, it meet within the counseling the christian counseling uh, community sure uh, it's a great question that, that's at the heart of why I, I did this um as you mentioned earlier it's the bridge between the secular and the sacred so if you look at the counseling theories majority of them are all secular so there's not a natural bridge there's been a number of books They've tried to, you know, there's the five views of uh, Christian psychology, and they try to give you, like, okay, this, these are different ways to integrate. Um, there's some books by a guy named Ed Winslow called The Allies Model. Uh, Mick Minn has written a lot of books, but there aren't any books that are coming from how to actually do this within a counseling framework in the sense that 
none of them talk about wellness. Wellness is a foundation of counseling. And wellness is where that was one of those things I was looking into to try to attend to this gap. It's like, okay, wellness is the, is the idea of that we're looking at the total health of the person, the mind, body, and soul. If you look at these secular um, theories, they don't attend to that usually. There's cognitive behavioral. We're just going to look at your mind and your body. Uh, we're going to tend to maybe psychodynamic. We're just going to think about the unconscious aspects of self, you know. So there's those limitations within that that I was trying to overcome. And, and none of them, that none of these secular counseling obviously have a biblical worldview. So you always have to take whatever Christian integration lens you're coming from, and then you have to resort and reorganize them to fit within a Christian framework, a biblical worldview. Well, let me let, let's let's camp out there for just a second because I can already hear some. Uh, we'll call them uh, critics. Um, hearing you say, "Oh, you're trying to stuff the secular into the the worldview from the Bible." You, you square peg, round hole. It's not going to work. Uh, so, uh, can you, let's give you an opportunity to talk to that 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 portion of the population and explain what you're trying to do here. Because there's going to be those that say you can't marry secularism with the sacred. That does not work. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, how, how does that work as you're coming from a biblical worldview to use this? Uh, what What's your response to that kind of uh, pushback from a critic? Well, I guess one of the first things I think about when you said that, Nate, was God's word is the foundation that I, that I use. So his, the, there's aspects of special revelation, right? Biblical the, the scripture. And then there's also general revelation in, that God's shown us the truths that we can look to. I see that science fits over into that general revelation. We don't question when we go to a physician, right? Or when we take an antibiotic or when we go to get a broken bone. So for me, that kind of is kind of, problematic that you're putting this one aspect of self in a box but the other selves aspects of selves are okay to go get fixed or worked on or include with i need like how often do somebody pray about oh i've got this cancer right well you're integrating right there both the biological aspect of cancer with marrying it with the belief of our, that prayer works and is efficacious in healing so why would we not do it also in mental health we can't so this model is based on this idea of nefesh, the soul, right? If you, have a, if you understand how Paul and, the, and in the Old Testament, how they understand nefesh, you understand they looked at the person as an entire unit, a single whole that wasn't dichotomous. You can't take out the mind and you can't take out the body. You can't take out. These are a unified whole that operate as a whole. Um, you could see it in Isaiah 58, 10, satisfying the desires, the nefesh, uh, Psalm 69, 1, the waters have come up to my neck, my nefesh, uh, the spirit, nefesh again is found in Genesis 35, 18, as her, Rachel's soul was departing. So if you can just look at, do a word search and under nefesh, you'll see that that word takes on the physical, it takes on the spiritual, and that's how the Jewish people view it and viewed it then was that there's this wholeness. So from that, we can't really separate mental health from physical health. Well, and that, that makes sense to me. Absolutely. And 
dare dare I use the word holistic care? Uh, I know that's uh, <laughs> I'm a registered nurse, so that that word is what we use. Where mind, body, soul, all of that. We are uh, when we're sitting there charting on someone, we're also charting on your emotional well-being as well. Even though you came in for a broken bone, because your broken bone, being laid up in the hospital, not seeing your friends, especially right now with uh, all the visitor res- res- restrictions, rather. I mean, it's going to affect your emotional well-being. So, yeah, that that all makes sense to me. Let's dig in on what this actually is, the Be Well model. You have a B uh, slash uh, or a hyphen well uh, model. Sure. What, what What is this? If you were going to tell me maybe in a sentence or two what it would be, and then we'll break it down from there. Sure. So biblical wellness model, as I said, it's merging to, together that that secular world of wellness with the sacredness of a biblical worldview. And the aim is that the, there's a fancy term called case conceptualization, but in lay terms, we call it, we're just going to say the model helps you understand what are the problems are in a holistic lens and what are the things that can be used within, the, within that model to help healing. And that's kind of the encapsulates it. So let's, let's take it from this angle and, and, and help the listener understand. Um, Maybe there's, are there common issues you see that could be looked at from the Be Well model, uh, depression, anxiety, some type of trauma that would, and how would that healing happen or change happen in someone's life uh, on those issues using the Be Well model? Sure. I mean, I'll give you a little bit of a background on how we landed on this. So there's, there's six facets to this model and they're kind of like, they're biblical. We transform them into biblical so that they're easier, like things that um, a lay person, a pastor, a counselor, this is anybody can remember these six facets that then help them to, if you're looking at yourself, you, you can attend to these six facets. If you're listening to a friend, you can attend to these six facets. If you're a pastor and you're listening to one of your congregants, you, it gives you those six facets. As we noted earlier, you know that it's like if I usually work with a cognitive behavioral, so I'm missing, I'm attending to the mind and the behaviors, but I'm missing other aspects of self that I'm not attending to when when somebody comes to me with a problem. So that's that's how we're doing this because we took a wellness model called the 4F model, and it has like four factors: cognitive, emotional, relational, physical, and spiritual. And we looked at that model and we evaluated it from a biblical lens. That's going back to your initial question. We started with biblical truths to see the validity of this model. And where it was questionable, we attended to that and transformed it into a biblical authority where that, that was accepted. For, uh, and if, it's, if there's strengths to it, like they don't automatically align, we kept those in there, right? So we walked through that process and then we came to these six facets of the, based on scripture, the heart, mind strength, soul, neighbor. Those were those. And then we added one called society so that we're attending to the whole entire person embedded in their context. So obviously the heart is the emotions, the emotional seat of what's going on. The mind is that is the thinking processes. Uh, strength is all the physical things that, about the self. It could be chronic illness. It could be um, someone who's experiences ticks to and then the neighbor is those interconnections, those direct connections like you and I are having right now. You have these face-to-face within the family, with, with your actual neighbors, with people at the church, uh, whatever social activities you do. And then society is like that, how that person is experiencing health, wellness, 
in their context. So if you look at somebody who is um, disabled, they're going to have different influences around them than someone who has who's able and able to do things well. Uh, so that's that's those six buckets. We try to make it parsimonious and easy to think about. So it's easy to remember heart, mind, strength, soul, neighbor, and society. It's you're pretty. There's six of them. It's not complex. It, you can keep it in the back of your head as you're listening to somebody's story. Um, does that make sense to you so far? Yeah, and it it almost it makes it easy to remember if you've done any scripture uh, memorization. It almost sounds like you're quoting from "Love the Lord your God with all your." Um, which right. I think would go to your earlier point too. If you're going to love the Lord your God with your everything, and He lists out your heart, mind, soul, all all those things, it would go well with the be well model that you need to work on all those things. Exactly, and that's where we pull like Matthew twenty two thirty seven: love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, with all your mind. Uh, and the second is like it: love your neighbor. I mean, they just fits right there. We're not like making this stuff up, <laughs> so it's kind of like. Or Luke ten twenty seven, uh, we got we pulled Thessalonians five twenty three. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and your whole soul and body be kept blameless. And so you know we're just pulling these things like yeah, these are natural connections, biblical truths about personhood, and and we understand it in the construct. Like when we pulled into society, we did James one twenty seven is one place. There's a lot of these. A religion that God our Father sects as pure and faultless as this, to love after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So those are just kind of, we got, we all these are underlaid by some scriptural truth. I mean, I was breaking out systematic theology books and, you know, things I had from seminary. I was breaking all that stuff out. I had another guy who's a pastor on me, co-author with this. We were like investigating and making sure we had this solid to help people out here. So if I'm someone that comes to your office uh, and, and, you know, maybe I've, I've seen a counselor or two and they've helped me through uh, let, let's say a, a random issue of, I just get overwhelmed sometimes, you know, the body keeps the score. I don't know what's going on, uh, but I'll just have to shut down for maybe even a day or two. Um, and I've done some therapy where, you know, I've come through some cognitive behavioral therapy, we'll say, cause you mentioned that and it's helped, but now I'm coming into your office and you offer me this be well model. And I am all for it because biblical world, biblical worldview is what I'm all about. So w- what would that look like for a patient coming in? They've seen that uh, therapy, the kind of behavioral therapy. What's the difference that I might see as I come into your office and we start implementing it in my life uh, for that overwhelmed uh, body keeps a score type of a traumatic patient? Sure. So, um, the beauty of the BWELL model and how we've created this is that you can use the BWELL model alone by itself, or if you're a counselor, you can use it with your own theory. So we've created it where it's a both and if you want to. So if I'm going to, if I want to embed cognitive behavior within the model, that's, that's a key to me is like the secular is not standing upon or atop the BWELL model, but it's used within and it's transformed within those facets. So um, if you come with someone in your shoes, I can still conceptualize, understand what's going on from a cognitive view from you, from a CBT lens of maladaption, or maybe there's some physiological that's connecting to the strengths, right, of the model. We can still do the strengths could be the behaviors, the avoidance kind of behaviors or the shutting down kind of behaviors. But the beauty of it is we're also, we need to think about Nate's heart 
and what what's going on in Nate's heart? How are these these emotions? I'm not going to make the assumption like CBT does says that your thoughts then direct your heart and your behaviors, but it's going to be more elaborate knowing that sometimes the heart is driving the mind and the strength, and sometimes the behaviors are driving the mind and the heart. So it's moving in because technically when we we separated soul out, but biblically the heart, mind, and soul are found. Heart, mind, and strength are found within the soul. That's the unified self in the soul. So we're thinking. So part of it is like understanding and changing a little bit. Hey, I'm still going to look at my thoughts, not that behaviors, and how he's avoiding things, and how it's thinking. But also understanding that how there's an interaction of heart, mind, and strength within this to help me understand. If I have a clear understanding of what your drivers are, then my treatment plan, my interventions, my goals are all going to be different than if I just operated out of a CBT lens. Because then I'm also looking at, okay, how's, how's Nate's beliefs in God tending to this? Is there any fear going on, doubt? Souls also, we put it there as a separate, and also it's like an indicator for not to skip, but okay, is there any um, spiritual warfare going on that I need to? And if there is, do I need to bring an ally, bring a pastor alongside, refer them out and, and coordinate with that kind of thing? Uh, if you worked just with CBT, you would not be thinking so much about society at all, right? But what what are the drivers around Nate? What is the neighborhood? How does he feel connected or disconnected from his neighborhood and his friends? So you're thinking about those kind of aspects. It's like a it's like making you pause and think outside of what you would usually do to look at the client or look at your friend or look at the congregant in a holistic way that connects biblically to then bring about wellness. And the end of our wellness is the fruit of the spirit is how we do it. We see it as a continuum. So we're trying to get more joy and peace and love and forbearance, kindness and goodness and gentleness um, and self-control. So those are like the driving. That's our goal. If you didn't have CBT or the BWO model, what is your end game? Well, we if you're using this model, that's your end game. And that's where you're trying to get the client. Boy, that'll that'll preach right there. I don't know. You just you just need a couple. Uh, <laughs> three got three points in a sermon. I I will <laughs> say that not that there's anything wrong with cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT is great, but I'm I'm with you because I don't think uh, that uh, they're bringing you in and be like, okay, uh, that and that connects. Okay, any spiritual warfare today? Like they're not thinking about that. Um, and certainly you, you you nailed it. It may come in if you have a wise counselor. Uh, that they'd think about your environment and and how you connect socially, but I mean it's not a part of the therapy. I love this. It's like a plug in to to make this thing uh, supercharged um, from a biblical worldview, which makes sense when you interject the Bible into almost anything. It's gonna mm. supercharge that uh, right. because of the power that's that's in God's word. You you mentioned as well, and I want to kind of uh, transfer this over to the layperson because it sounds. When you're seeing someone, like it could be complicated to integrate this, uh, but if you know what you're doing, it can be powerful. But you said it's something the lay person can also use in their relationships as they're talking to struggling brothers and sisters in Christ or a friend, uh, someone they're close to. How easy is this to use? Uh, and do I need to spend a lot of time learning it? Uh, do I need a class? Or how do I use this to help my own relationships? Yeah, um, I don't. We try to make, like I said earlier, try to make the it, it simple uh, as possible. Not only to be able to memorize it and use it, but also for 
we want to make sure anybody could use this, right? Um, so the key is that, you know, it's like if you can memorize the heart, mind, strength, soul, neighbor, and society, and you know what each of those kind of are pointing towards, when you're talking, if you're, if you're talking to a friend or a, a wife or a husband, you can literally listen to their narrative, right? And you, as you're listening to their story, what they're telling you about, you can listen to the heart and you can listen to the mind aspects, strength, soul, neighbor, and society. You can write, you can actually write these on a piece of paper with the person with their permission. You're like, hey, let's write these six down. And what, and as we're going through this, let's write down what are these problem areas. And, and the beauty of adding the wellness to this is that we're not only looking at deficits, we're also looking at assets. So when I'm listening to a client, that's what's different from CBT and some of these others, they're all deficit-based models. They're all, they're just looking for the problems. Uh, but there are some counseling theories that are not, that are actually looking for strength-based, but this forces you to think, okay, here's the heart. Nate's dealing with anxiety, but what's his heart strength? Oh, he's got a really, he's got a really strong love for others and strong love. What's his soul strength? He's got a real strong um, faith in God and the gospel is cherished in his heart. Um, what's his, his, his what, what about physical, his strength? Well, he's getting tightness in the chest. He's kind of high, strung, and tense. But at the same time, he's exercising. He's got a healthy weight. He's eating healthy. Um, Neighbor-wise, hey, you might, Nate's having conflict with his wife sometimes because when he's getting hyper-aroused. But, but yet, he's really solid with his kids, solid dad. Uh, he's got a supporting, loving relationship at his church. So those are kind of those things that are like helping you to see where the problems are, to understand those problems but then also force you to pause and say, hey, I hear you got this problem, but let me also hear what your, what's, what's your strength in the mind? What's your strength in the heart? Uh, where's your asset in the neighbor or society? So that's kind of how it's able, it's not that complex, right? And that's the beauty of it, but it, it's, so it's easy enough to, for anybody to use. Well, it sounds like a tool where, you know, a lot of times you wish you could show your friend what you see, like, hey, mm. man, I, I, I wish you could just see how awesome I view you as this seems like a, almost a, a great way, a little exercise to sit down um, and, and walk through these different facets and be like, Hey, I see where you're at. I'm there too. But like, look at all the great things and who you are to those around you. Um, I right. can see how that'd be awesome and encouraging. That's, that's, it makes me wonder as you're going through this research and through the development of this process, uh, and this will get a little personal, but how has this model affected your life and your walk with Christ? In, in, in the first way, it's, it's engendered, you know, I have to trust him, you know, to put myself out there, but, you know, and, and it strengthened my faith in the sense that, so, you know, I tell myself, I, I don't really think I could have come up with this on my own. So it's kind of like I feel that this Holy Spirit has really come. And it's like one of those times where you're reflecting back. You're like, oh, that's not that's my idea. Well, I don't quite think it is. So uh, I think this is this is something that's greater than me that, you know, I can't take really credit for. So that's it, that's part of it is, is the strengthening of, hey, God's got me. He's got my back it's he's using me to help others uh, so that's one way that it's really helped me uh, the other way is that it just like i just walk through like on on my own day to day i'm i'm asking and looking at aspects of myself in these six facets like hey how am i operating in the heart what's going good 
Is what's what's what are my strengths going on? Uh, is there any any red flags where um, maybe my anxiety is kicking up and I need to use another facet to help my heart, like my neighbor? Like, well, I need to go to my wife and I need to be authentic with her and tell her what's going on. Or maybe I have a buddy who's accountable. Hey, I need to check in with my friend here. You know, that's that neighbor facet. It's like it helps you to look at things in a broader way, but yet not too complex where you feel overwhelmed. It's like, um, how's my, if you got some chronic illnesses, Hey, I got chronic pain. I deal with chronic pain almost every day. So it's like bringing that awareness of that chronic pain, but then looking at how's that affecting my mind, my heart, my soul, uh, my relationships kind of thing. Um, what resources are out in the community for me to attend to that? So that's like me applying it to myself in a day-to-day through these six facets to like, where am I? What am I, how am I doing? Uh, is it, do I need to intervene on myself on any of these areas? And if so, what are my assets around me to do this, to be successful? Well, this almost goes to, as I'm listening to you, uh, uh, a, a great, um, there's not many models out there or, or lists from a biblical perspective for self-reflection like this at least that I'm aware of any good leader, you know, ha- understands the value of self-reflection and mindfulness and setting time aside for that, that is without distraction. So you can truly be with yourself. Now, a lot of people don't like to be just with themselves because mm. they don't like themselves. Um, but the value of that, the emotional intelligence that comes out of that, the uh, progression and growth that comes out of that um, is amazing. But I'm listening to you and the six facets here are a great way to make sure you're not only zeroing in on self or only zeroing in on your business or only zeroing in on whatever it is that month, but making sure that you're taking a full stock of your life from what the Bible says is important and what the Bible says is the whole you. Uh, there's lots of uses for this really. As, As I come to it, it, it itself is multifaceted. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, did you think about some of that as, as you were developing it as, uh, you know, a tool for, for leaders and, and things like that? Or uh, uh, how did that play in as you were developing it? I mean, we initially, you know, we were just creating it for counselors. But then as we started building this, we could, we could see that it had more application than we initially thought. It's not just for counselors, but, you know, we were thinking about how can the church use this, right? Um, how, how, and, we're, you know, their initial books coming out, is, it's focused on um, counselors and how to help them, equip them. But the next books we're going to do is actually for lay and, and try to how they can use it there. The book we got coming out, well, is we have two chapters written by one by a chaplain and one by a pastor that shows how to use this in that context. Uh, but, yeah. We can. I can see how this could be moved, used, like you said, in leadership. How how, how are you attending? Like burnout. If we're, if burnout is on one spectrum, when wellness is on the other, are you attending to all these six areas? And how are you attending to these six areas? Or you know, if you wanted to chart yourself from one to ten, heart on each 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 facet. How are you doing here? And if you're not, let's let's reflect. Or if you if you have limited insight to one of these facets, well then. We already have the neighbor facet that says you need to reach out to somebody else. It needs to be intentional, right? We need, you already okay. Let's go. Let's walk through. If you like, you said you are a leader in a church or leader in a business. How are you doing on all these here? And if you're if you if you're stuck on one, hey, what are the other five resources, assets 
that can help you move forward towards what God's calling you to do. I mean, I also use this like in my journaling. I'll write down the six facets, and I'll and I'll write on them. And as I'm doing my devotion, I'm some I'll think about these six facets and how I'm doing. Uh, I'll pull scripture based on these six facets and read them as a way to you know renew my mind as they talk about in Romans. So there's a there's a lot of application here that can be done. Well, first I want to know when that devotional is coming out so that I can I can do that too. It sounds like you need to write one, uh, get with somebody, yeah, yeah. And, and put that in there with some exercises. Because man, people love devotionals. I, I'm one that'll start start one and then I'll have another one uh, that I didn't finish. But uh, with with that, so if I'm someone listening and I'm already going to rewind and I'm going to go back to where you listed all six um, the scriptures you've used, uh, is there is there some place? where this is all set out or laid out that, that I can go and see it? Um, or do I have to wait for the book or, and that's just for counselors. How long do I have to wait yeah, yeah. so that I can try right. to integrate this? Cause it sounds great. I want to, I want to have it as a part of uh, my life. How, how can yeah, I find yeah. out more about it? I mean that, yeah, we're, this is just like an emerging. So we got the book, but we have a lot of things that we want to do after the fact. And it, it's just, this is, I mean, we're actually in the process of re- finishing the book for August. So then it's gonna, and then it, it's gonna go out, uh, and, and so part of that is like we have a lot of these ideas. We're like, okay, how are we then going to get this out to lay people or who, people in the church, um, pastors, and and that was one way, one reason this was like great to be able to do this, and so in some way I can get it started. Uh, but you know, ideally, you know, we we were wanting to create like a a, a brief kind of like assessment that you can do on yourself you know a screen a screening on like on based on the six facets and uh, that would be really nice to have it out on a website where it talks about what they are and here's the assessment to do it so but those are the kind of things that are in our minds and need that are in the works so yeah so other than contacting me right now or you know <laughs> kind of it's still a work in progress on that area. Well, it sounds like you've already got uh, uh, us and the listeners hooked, uh, and there's no bait just yet, or at least no hook. Uh, <laughs> but we're ready. Right. We're ready, it sounds like it. Uh, so what, what we'll do is I think what we'll do, I'll have you um, email me those six steps and whatever information is succinctly. I'll put it in the show notes so sure. that people, when they click on the app, they can at least go down there and they can see the six steps um, or the six facets, rather, and have that to, to start working uh, through some of that and, and re-listen to this episode to kind of understand uh, how those work together. Um, and maybe we'll end with this. As someone goes down there and they're wanting to be uh, the best that they can be to glorify God with their life, to have interpersonal relationships that edify those that they are in those relationships with, to lift others up. Um, they also want to be able to uh, manifest love for themselves so that they can love others. Mm-hmm. Um, as one of our guests said, uh, we can only love others to the extent that we have love for ourselves. Um, as they're working through all that with all the baggage and they go to start with those six steps um, and they're praying about it, what advice would you give to them um, as we come to the end of this show, uh, whether that's, you know, a, a, an exercise in it or uh, certain prayers with it or a mindset um, or just encouragement, what would you say to that person as they're about to implement this in their own life? I would say, you know, one thing to do, we all have our wounds, right? And, you know, the barriers to loving self based on the fall and then during our development, all the things that 
happened or didn't happen to us that made that wound worse, um, which makes it, like you said, like you said, it's hard to love others when it's when difficult to love yourself. But I would say an easy is to, write, like I said in my journal, you write down these six facets. Write down what are your problem areas. Then in the next, write the six facets down again. Write down your assets. And then, for example, if you have a mind problem, like I'm unlovable, then, okay, let's get to the scripture that talks about renewing your mind. It talks about your about the value of who you are, and you start building into that. The other piece to this is God wants us, he's, we have this vertical connection with him, and we have this horizontal. And so much of our growth and healing is this is with God and with others. So there's that both and too, like looking at the six facets and trying to find somebody that's safe and be able to uh, be authentic with that person about your fears. Cause so many times we hide things from others. We're not transparent. Uh, but if you could talk about like, he, here's where I'm, I'm really scared about. I'm scared that heart facet. And when that fear, my mind is that God really doesn't love me. And when I when I feel that my tight tight chest my chest gets tight I feel like avoiding people or going to sleep kind of thing, um, and then you're going back you're like okay, let's talk about this stuff. It's it's good to be able to write it and reflect and attend to it on your own, but then it's also to have someone or someone's to walk alongside you, and you have you would have this common language of the heart, mind, strength, soul, and neighbor in society that can be. A language between the two of you or the three of you that can then help you learn to love yourself by even doing that, I think would, is a, a space of healing. Yeah, I can totally see how that would be uh, just another way that, that God has put tools right in scripture for us to use to uh, not only live life, but live it more abundantly. So I love that. And thanks for helping us understand a little bit more how to use it. Sound like we're, we're some of the first to know about this. And, uh, so we'll be watching. Uh, but thank you, uh, DJ for coming on. Thank you for sharing. Um, and thank you for what you're doing to develop this and, and infuse, uh, more of Christianity into our society, uh, giving tools to the broken and the hurting. I, I appreciate you. And thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Nate. I appreciate all you guys are doing and allowing me this space. It's been a blessing. And, uh, for you, the listener will be back in two weeks. We'll be back with another episode, of course. Head on over to GraceStoryMinistries.com. Check out that promo code. Check out Men's Conference, Women's Conference, uh, the podcast over there, everything that's going on. Uh, We'll be praying for you on a journey of restoration. Uh, And uh, like I say every time, there's no us without you. So we'll see you in two weeks. And until then, we'll be praying for you.